Welcome back to another Bells On Ready to Dance broadcast from Santa Claus, and we're already fresh into the Christmas season. Can't you feel that magic in the air? That cheer in everyone's hearts? Those gift ideas rattling around in your head? It's, uh... Hey, uh... Hmm? Candy Cane. Huh? Are you sleeping? Yeah, I'm just like wicked hungover. Oh, okay. I thought that was just joy emanating from your uh, eyes. Um, yeah, totally. Let's get it going. Uh, you gonna start the episode? Uh, well, we're already about halfway through oh, the introduction. Oh, we're rolling. So. Okay. All right. Okay. Cool. Great. Are we? Are we good? We're good. All right. It's already time for Advent, so get those calendars ready for your countdown to the big day. I myself am preparing for my own personal feast on Saint Nicholas Day, traditionally held on December sixth. Oh, it's like your birthday. It is actually held on the day that I supposedly died on December 6th. So you just kind of throw a party for yourself for your fake death? Well, I'm not really the one holding it. I just sort of show up to various feasts held in you just uh, haunt Catholic your communities. Own death party. Yeah. I'm, I, well, I'm welcome there. I'm St. Nicholas. Oh, okay. Um, cool tradition. Yeah, they, they just like to have a feast, um, honor St. Nicholas the Wonder Worker, a title to which I'm often referred, and uh, we have a good time. Are you planning anything on this uh, St. Nicholas Day? Oh, um, whew, kind of got me on the spot here. I just found out about it. Um, no, not really gonna, not really planning on doing anything. Oh, you're not gonna celebrate St. Nicholas Day at all? Well, I guess like on christmas that's confusing it's like you're throwing a a party before your big day well it's the beginning of christmas tide oh it's christmas tide well christmas tide is the period of days between saint nicholas day and christmas day it's like a, a almost month-long celebration of christmas i've never met anybody that celebrates either of those things well, we've got a great show for you this time around, full of guests, games, and fun bits of knowledge. So I hope you'll stick around. But first, an ad from one of our sponsors, Grimley's Hot Buttered Rum. Winter is finally here. Don't you just want to snuggle up with that special someone or someones and enjoy a warm, sort of refreshing adult beverage? The almost trusted name of Grimley's has just the treat for you. Made from an old family recipe that doesn't taste great but still gets the job done, this warm, buttery beverage has just enough spice and not enough rum, so feel free to have a second round. Packed in cans, the signature shape of old Winster Grimley's noggin, that fresh, spiced butter flavor will last for years in the back of your pantry. Grimley's Hot Buttered Rum. It's fine. Check the bottom shelf of your local liquor store. You can, um, you know, try to be a little more enthusiastic. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, like, what do you, what do you want me to say? 
Well, it, maybe just get a little more into that Christmas spirit. I'm not going to give you any specific instructions because uh, I know that the magic of Christmas lies in your heart. Right. Magic of Christmas. Got it. All right. All right. I can, uh, I can play along with that. Well, it's not so much playing along as it is feeling it. Yeah, sure, man. All right. Fine. Fine. like our public domain song is coming to an end. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed that. It is royalty free. Rock and, and roll. And I do not have to pay any money for it. All right. All right. So what's the first segment going to be about? Well, today we're talking about Christmas trees. Uh, do you know anything about Christmas trees, Candy? Yeah, I know that Christmas trees start like 150 fires a year inside people's houses. All right. Well, the tradition of the Christmas tree started in 16th century Germany when Christians started decorating their evergreens inside their homes during the celebration of the Advent season. Is that is and, Advent uh, different than Christmastide? Yes. Uh, Advent typically starts earlier than uh, St. Nicholas Day. Uh, I believe it actually precedes uh, St. Nicholas Day as far as its founding. Cool. All right. Sorry. Continue. Yeah. Uh, and the Protestant reformer Martin Luther is credited as the first to add lighted candles to a tree inside his home, inspired by the twinkling stars he saw one winter evening while walking home. Germans decorated their trees with apples, nuts, and baked goods. They could grab these things off the tree and eat them during the entire season. Now you might think that this is where Christmas trees took off, but you'd be wrong. You see, they remained unpopular outside Germany until, uh... Hey, Candy? Hmm? Yeah, hey, no, uh, uh, yeah, I'm up. Did, did you fall asleep again? No, I'm just, sorry, it's just kind of boring. Ah, oh, well, it's it's about Christmas trees, and uh, it's right. learning something about a beloved uh, tradition that we all have. All right, you're right, you're right. All right, cool. So where, when did people start really doing, like, the thing where they bring the Christmas tree inside their house? When did that start? They did that in Germany, but wasn't really popular outside of Germany, as I was just saying, before I noticed you were sleeping again. No, I heard you. You see, in 1846, Queen Victoria erected a Christmas tree in the royal residence at the request of her husband, who was German. That's Prince Albert. Personally, I know that Prince Albert was technically the one who brought the Christmas tree tradition to England. Yeah, my ex-boyfriend Brad had a Prince Albert. Oh, really? I didn't know he was royalty. Uh, yeah, sure. There were photographs of the royal family with this beautiful Christmas tree inside the royal residence. Oh, what happened next? Well, I'm glad you asked, because by the 1890s, glass tree ornaments were a notable import from Germany to the rest of Europe and America. This was due to the rise in popularity of the Christmas tree. Now, Europeans enjoyed small trees about four feet in height, while Americans liked Christmas trees to reach from the floor all the way to the ceiling. Well, the early 20th century saw the rise of dyed popcorn as a decoration, while the availability of electricity brought about Christmas lights. And we all love Christmas lights twinkling in the night, don't we? For sure. Oh, see, Candy? I knew we could find some common Christmas ground. 
Yeah, well, I guess the tradition of, you know, decorating the tree isn't the worst part of Christmas. Well, I think there are no worse parts of Christmas, but that's just me. Now, by the 1920s, Christmas trees began to appear in town squares across the Western world. And here we are today, a Christmas tree in every home that celebrates Christmas. Including 150 very unlucky homes, on average. Well, uh, a very Merry Christmas to them as well. All right, so uh, what's next on the podcast? It's time to play a game. A game that I call Real or Rudolph. And I'm going to need you to play along. Do I have to? I think you'd enjoy it. All right. Um, I'm a little bit competitive. I'll play along. All right. And the people listening at home can play along too. Now right. this game is called Real or Rudolph. And I'm going to ask a question. And you, Candy, or you at home, have to guess whether it is a long-standing cultural tradition or if it's corporate malarkey. All right. Let's hear it. All right. Now this one's a gimme since it's in the title. Are you ready? Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Is that real or Rudolph? Um, I guess it's Rudolph. Of course it's Rudolph! So, who came up with it? A fella named Robert L. May created Ru Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. He did it as a mascot for the Montgomery Ward Department Store in 1939 in order to sell a line of Christmas coloring books. Why am I not surprised that a famous Christmas tradition was just marketing? Well, even though it was a marketing ploy, I like Rudolph. So, uh, looks like I'm, uh, looks like I'm winning. Well, the goal isn't necessarily to win, it's to have fun. Alright, fine. What's the next question? Christmas stockings. Is that real or Rudolph? Um, I think it's real. Candy, you are absolutely correct. Alright, so where does the tradition come from? Well, Christmas stockings has its roots in children leaving out their shoes for gift receptacles on the night of St. Nicholas Day, which we talked about earlier. So Santa would just fill their shoes with, what, like candy or something? Yeah, that's how, that's how I got my start, was just uh, leaving things in people's shoes. Okay, so when did it stop being shoes and started being stockings? Well, the American author Washington Irving first invented the tradition of hanging stockings by the chimney for his 1810 satirical history of Dutch New York, which, by the way, also mentioned that St. Nicholas carries around gifts in a wagon. Oh, so he made up, like, all of Christmas. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but he certainly had some influence on American ideas about Christmas. All right. What's the next one? The next one is Yule Log. What is that? A Yule log is a very large log that you keep in your hearth and you burn, and it will burn for days and days until it's reduced to ash. Ah, uh, that sounds fake. So you think it's a Rudolph? I think it's a Rudolph. Well, you would be wrong, because it's real! It's a pretty cool tradition. That's right. The burning of a giant log to celebrate the first frost dates back to midwinter festivals of German pagans centuries ago. Um, cool. Alright, next question. Oh, this is a good one. Santa's red garb. You think it's real? Mm, no, I think it's a Rudolph. Do you think it's a Rudolph? I think it's a Rudolph. Well, you and everyone else who guessed Rudolph at home would be correct. Then why are you wearing red? Well, once uh, I saw how good it could look, I thought, you know what? 
I could pull that off. So, uh, who thought of it then? Well, in 1931, the artist Haddon Sundblom was commissioned by the Coca-Cola Company to create a depiction of Santa Claus that visibly represented their product. That's why it's red. Corporate America strikes again. This time, they did it in style. Are there more questions? The Christmas Pickle. Are you familiar with this? No. That's fake. So, That's Rudolph. Thank you for cutting me off, because it is a Rudolph. Okay, so what's a Christmas pickle? Is it to sell pickles? Not exactly. So the concept of the pr Christmas pickle is placing a small green glass pickle into the Christmas tree on Christmas morning and letting the children search for it. It began as a marketing gimmick in the early 1900s for glass craftsmen from Germany. I knew it. What's the next one? Hanging mistletoe. Um, I think that's a real tradition. Yes, it is. Kissing under the mistletoe dates back to a Celtic legend, believed to bring good luck when you smooch under the mistletoe. Um, yeah, I don't really like that tradition. Well, Santa's not a big fan of it either. All right, what's the next one? Christmas cookies. Did you just skip one? Did I? Did I yeah, on your paper, you just... You just skipped the one about the elves. Oh, well, truth be told, Candy, the last time you were on and I brought up elves, it didn't go so well. You're just going to skip the question because you don't want to talk about how you're exploiting your workers? Well, as I explained last time, it's not really exploitation, if you think about it from a certain point of view. Um, all right, fine, sure. Uh, what's the next one? Christmas cookies. I think this is a Rudolph. I think that it was some big cookie company just trying to sell more cookies. Well, in some ways you're right, but this is a real tradition. Well, it's probably one of the best ones. I agree. Santa loves his cookies. You see, the baking of special spiced sweets has been a traditional part of winter solstice celebrations in the Western world for centuries. Yeah, I don't really mind that one. What's your favorite kind of cookie candy? Um... That's a hard question. Just like a classic sugar cookie with icing on it. Well, what do you know? That's my favorite too. All right, the North Pole. Is it real or not? Yes, is it real or Rudolph? Um, I'm sitting at the North Pole right now, so I'd say it's real. Well, turns out it's a Rudolph, sort of, you see. Earlier European folklore placed St. Nicholas's home and workshop in rural Spain. But they found me. Huh? In 1870... What do you mean they found you? Well, they found my home and workshop, and they started showing up all times of the year, making requests. Well, as luck would have it, just when I was about to have it up to here, in 1879, cartoonist Thomas Nast released a popular series of drawings depicting Santa and his elves keeping busy at the North Pole. He was inspired by the Nordic tradition that St. Nicholas lives somewhere in northern Scandinavia. Are you sure you didn't just come up here because there are no labor laws at the North Pole? Well, it's true that Spain did have some more strict labor laws, very popular union destination. But you know what? Uh, the elves are happy here. They're happy working for me. Uh, maybe we should interview one of the elves on, on the podcast. Well, maybe, but we already have a guest for today. It's my friend and traveling companion, Krampus. Oh, Krampus. Cool. That's badass. Where is he? Well, he was supposed to be here uh, 20 minutes ago. 
Ooh, yikes. So he's not coming? Well, Krampus was supposed to swing on by and uh, share his favorite holiday recipes with us, but um, I guess he must have gotten distracted by some naughty children he had to consume. So what's his whole thing again? Doesn't he like, um... Back in the old days, uh, we sort of had a routine where I would show up and encourage the children to be good and on their best behavior. Mm -hmm. And Krampus would kind of hover behind me and, uh... Threaten to eat them? Well, yes, that was the implication. Oh, okay, so you guys do like a good cop, bad cop kind of thing. Just to keep the kids in line. Well, not all the kids. Sometimes if they're just a little bad, he just hits them with a stick. So does he ever do anything good, or is he? does he just do the bad stuff? He is dynamite in the kitchen, I'll tell you one thing. And that's one thing he was going to discuss on his way over. He was going to discuss his favorite Christmas recipes. So you've... You've consumed the food he cooked for you. Well, every time I'm around him, I say, you know, Krampus, I know that you're a little bit of a trickster, so don't try to pull a fast one on me. I am not going to eat child flesh. Yeah, maybe you dodged a bullet with this one. Uh, this guy's uh, this guy's pretty freaky. He does have a certain charm about him. All right, well, I don't think he's showing up, man. I'm sure, I'm sure he wouldn't miss uh, coming on old Santa's uh, broadcast for anything. I'm sure it was very important. Yeah, yeah, he's probably got a lot to do. Is that it? Can I go? Not quite. First, we have some mail to read. Are you excited about mail? Y yeah, sure. All right, well, we'll get into it. But first, our second ad sponsor for the episode. Arms. They do so many things for you. They reach, they balance, they flop around wildly. But haven't you ever wanted to spritz them up all pretty to show them how much you appreciate them? Well, now you can! From the makers of Finger Bells, it's Armaments. This holiday season, deck your arms with bells of jolly. Made from the finest German glass, these merry and bright shiny orbs can be hung down your sleeves to give you that Christmas flair. Complete with an included sleeve accessory, Armaments comes in three festive holiday colors, or a variety pack containing all three. Armaments, the ornaments for your arms. Available in pharmacy store clearance bins everywhere. And we're back with another mailbag for Santa. Now, Candy, how would you like to read this letter from a little boy named Craig? Sure. Here. All right. Dear Santa and helpers. That's you. I have been very good this year. I am expecting a little sister, and I don't want her. Mommy says it will be fun. I heard girls stink. I will trade you my sister when she comes from the stork for a elf. I want a race car and a garage set for Christmas. There will be sugar cookies and burritos waiting for you. I think I can handle that race car and garage set for Christmas. Especially since he's offering burritos. How about another letter? How about this one? And I'm once again utilizing the power of the World Wide Web by receiving emails. This one is from Anthony. I saw Santa at a grocery store in Los Angeles yesterday. Hmm, I don't seem to recall being in Los Angeles anytime recently. I told him how cool it was to meet him in person, but I didn't want to bother him and ask him for photos or anything. He said, oh, like you're doing now? Oh, that doesn't sound... That doesn't sound like something Santa would say. 
I was taken aback, and all I could say was, Huh? But he kept cutting me off and going, Huh? 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 And closing his hand shut in front of my face. This does not sound like me at all. Why would you do that to this poor kid? I walked away and continued with my shopping, and I heard him chuckle as I walked off. When I came to pay for my stuff up front, I saw him trying to walk out the doors with like 15 Cadbury eggs in his hands without paying. Hey, this is not something I would do. The girl at the counter was very nice about it and kept it professional, and was like, Sir, you need to pay for those first. At first he kept pretending to be tired and not hear her, but eventually Santa turned back around and brought them to the counter. When she took one of the bars and started scanning it multiple times, he stopped her and told her to scan them each individually to, quote, prevent any electrical infeterates. And then he turned around and winked at me. See, now that sounds a little more like me, just giving a sly little wink. Santa said to me, I don't even think infeterates is a word. After she scanned each egg and put them in a bag and started to say the price, Santa kept interrupting her by yawning really loudly. See, now, this does not sound... No, read that last line. I want to hear that last line. Okay, the last line says, Santa was kind of a jerk. Signed, Anthony. Wow. Well, I have no recollection of this incident, Anthony, but I apologize if this was in fact me. Just hope I wasn't in Los Angeles acting like a fool. Not, um, not really getting me into the Christmas spirit. We, uh, we ready to wrap this up. This is taking forever. Yeah. Yeah, Candy. After that email from Anthony, I, I don't really feel like doing any more. Uh, all right. Well, uh, why, don't you, uh, why don't you sign us off? Well, I hope you all enjoyed today's broadcast, and uh, hopefully we'll get some better emails in the future. If you would like to send an email to Santa, you can send it to santaclauspod at gmail.com. So next week, are we going to have a guest that people have actually heard of? Well, as it happens, and I hope he'll come through, but I've got a great guest. Who? He's the reason for the season. It's Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Are you kidding? I I am not. Uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see if he shows up. This is Santa Claus saying, Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Candy, do you have any sign-offs you'd like to say? Yeah, just, uh, just be careful, because Krampus is watching. He sure is. And that does it for this week's episode. So long, everybody. Guess I gotta get ready to meet Jesus. <laughs> <laughs>